Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Last First Date Radio. This is Sandy Weiner, and I am the founder and chief love officer at lastfirstdate.com. I am devoted to helping women and some men very bold, courageous men who come to dating coaches to achieve healthy, off-the-charts love in the second half of life. We have a fabulous show coming up for you today. I'm going to be speaking with author and coach Rebecca Perkins about the five keys to thriving after divorce. And Rebecca lives in England, and I'm so excited to interview her. I found her on the Huffington Post um, in a fabulous article about thriving after divorce, and so I thought this was a great topic to bring to you today. And as a dating coach myself, I specialize in helping women date as the high-value women that they are in every other part of their lives. I believe that when a woman knows her true worth, she attracts her most aligned partner. And that's what I love helping people do the most is to really, really understand their own value. And so after divorce, if you are divorced, um, it can feel like you have lost yourself. And I know that that was part of my process was to reclaim the parts of myself that I gave up when I was out of alignment with who I was. Um, I just want to tell you briefly that I have a free report uh, for you guys that is available on my website. It's uh, The website is lastfirstdate.com, and the free report is about dating mistakes that you might be making subconsciously, unconsciously, without even realizing it. And there are so many things that we do that can sabotage our relationships before they even get started. Um, today I had a call with a guest, Jackie Sabrin, on my Last First Date Inner Circle, which is my group coaching. And she spoke about the triggers that we have in dating and relationships and how we can deal with them. Um, What happens is we can subconsciously put out messages and we bring things from our past often that we're not even aware of. And I remember once um, there was a woman who came to see me and she had a relationship with this fabulous man, and um, but she was getting triggered every time he would say or do something. And he said to her, I am not the guy who hurt you. And it was very sobering. I am not the guy who hurt you. So if we don't deal with our triggers and we don't learn what mistakes we might subconsciously be making, we can subconsciously block ourselves from being in the healthy, loving relationship that we want. So I would love for you to have a copy if you don't have one yet. It's absolutely free. It's my gift to you. All you need to do is go on lastfirstdate.com, and there are many places you can sign up for your free report about the top three mistakes that midlife daters make and how you can turn them around to find lasting love. And now I would like to introduce our special guest. Her name is Rebecca Perkins, and she's a dedicated and inspiring midlife coach. She is passionate about midlife as a time 
for renewal and for living the second half of life with enthusiasm and vigor. She's the author of Best Knickers Always, 50 Lessons for Midlife, and she began writing to make sense of her life after ending a 20-year marriage. Rebecca has appeared on BBC Radio for Women's Hour and BBC Radio London, and she writes regularly for the Huffington Post. She's a professionally qualified NLP master, practitioner, and coach, and that stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming, a very, very valuable tool. Rebecca lives in London, and she is celebrating life in her 50s. So join us now as we talk about the five keys to thriving after divorce. Welcome to the call, Rebecca. Thank you. Thank you, Sandy. That was so nice, and thank you for that lovely introduction as well. So hello all the way from London. (laughs) Yes, I'm so excited that you made it, and we figured out how to call in. I did. I tried to Skype, but that wasn't wasn't working, so I've just dialed in. Uh, So um, I hope you can hear me clearly. I hear you perfectly. So, yeah, I'm I'm upset that the Skype isn't working, but I'm glad you had an alternative way to to call in. Absolutely. So I am thrilled to have you here, and I love um, I love what you say about midlife because I couldn't agree with you more that it is yeah. such a wonderful time for reflection on what's to come and to yeah. renew your life. And I know for me, my I can't I feel like my life is uh, before divorce and after divorce are mm-hmm. two different people, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. also no, I before my fifties, <laughs> right? So I t- yeah. I got divorced when I was about fifty two. And um, and the last uh, 51. Um, so I, I the last eight years have been unbelievable in in terms of personal growth and reaching new heights and and levels of fulfillment that I didn't even know existed. So I can't wait to hear about your whole process. And and I love the name of your book, Best Nickels Always. <laughs> so, um, well, yeah. So we just um, let's talk about the book first. And yeah. Um, and yes, and what inspired you to write it? And also, um, can you explain the title? Cause yes, I will. Of course, it, it's <laughs> interesting because knickers, this side of the Atlantic, stands for what you call mm-hmm. panties. Um, right. And the title came about when um, it was a, a girlfriend that texted me one day, one morning, when I was having a really bad time. I'd I'd come through my divorce, and that, that you know I was licking my wounds from that. Um, and I'd fallen head over heels for somebody else, and that had then ended. And I think it was just one of those cathartic moments where I literally slid down the wall and sobbed. And uh, it, it was just, it was that moment when everything, I felt like my whole life had collapsed. And she sent me a text one morning, and she said, how are you doing today? And I wrote back, and I said, I, I'm not sure I will ever get my life back together again. It was just one of those moments. And she she replied back and she said, remember, this is a process. Take one step at a time. Look after yourself and remember, best knickers always. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I laughed because to me, this wasn't about best knickers in case I got lucky. This was about looking at fundamental self-care, looking after myself. And Mm -hmm. that had such a profound effect on me, just those words that I, it kind of helped me get back on my feet again because mm-hmm. I'd always taken pride in what I wore and my lingerie particularly had been really important to me. 
confined to the back of my drawer and I was wearing, you know, old knickers and, you know, n my bra wasn't matching and, and all of those, those things that I'd always had as important things for me, um, I'd neglected. So it mm -hmm. was literally taking the first step towards um, looking after me again. So that's mm -hmm. where the title came from. Um, I love it. And I, I guess the book, it, it, again, it had been a process. And I remember finding myself one morning, so it was a, a, a beautiful spring morning, and I was up early, and I was sitting with coffee on my deck. My, the kids were still asleep upstairs. And, and I felt at peace and happy and at one with, you know, the, the world around me. And I just looked back and I thought, goodness, What's changed from how I felt a few years ago? So I grabbed my journal, which is never too far from me, and started writing. And I wrote over 100 bullet points of what was different, what I had done that had got me to where I was that day. And they then distilled into 50 lessons for midlife, um, which I then released on my, birth on my 50th birthday. Um, which mm. then went on to be published by a major publisher. But that really was what it was for me. It was what I had learned on my journey to midlife. And that's the essence, really, of the book. And um, people really seem to like it, which is which is wonderful <laughs> as an author. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, a, it's such a great topic. And it's um, I think that when you can look back and you can learn and share your process, you're helping yeah. so many people. Yeah, I think that's um, it. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, and I think that people ask me that all the time. What did you do to get where you are today? And a yeah. lot of times people don't realize. they It just sort of happens. And yeah. so when you can dissect it and really drip it down, then people can actually follow what yeah. you did to help themselves. So, yeah. And um, there are the, the, the lesson, there are 50 very varied lessons in there. Um, mm -hmm. And some of them are ones that I want to that I'll share with you about you know learning to thrive or how I thrive after divorce. But I think mm -hmm. that there are lots of varied things in there from um, you know spending time outside, spending time with people that are younger than you and older than you, and having a mentor, and um, you know surprising yourself, doing things that are a bit different. Um, and those those kinds of things, having a purpose, a passion, and those are all the things that I did, um, and encourage others to do to actually um, to, to 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 have a, a good second half of their life. And I think the interesting thing is is that although it's a book written for midlife, I've had people who are a lot younger. In fact, a, a very good friend's son who was only eighteen, who was you know. I, he he was little when I first knew him, and he so he's known me all his life. And he said, "I want to read this book that Rebecca's written." And and she mm -hmm. said, "Well, it's it's for midlife, for women in midlife." And he said, "No, I want to read it." So he read it, and he wrote to me, and he said, "You know, I'm not a woman, and I'm not midlife, but the messages in this book were really majority of them were so relevant for me in my life as well." So, you know, oh, wow. it, it's like there's nothing new in there. It's just how it's. Uh, how it's been, you know, put across, if you like. Yeah, and I think that's true for any big life transformation, that there are lessons to be learned at any age and any stage. And yep. 
Um, and I mean, it's true of the work that I do as well. I, I work with mostly people in midlife, but mm-hmm. the lessons are universal. They're, oh, I just yeah. happen to learn them in midlife, and we often <laughs> need reminders in midlife because yeah. so many of us ended up in, in relationships that were really not right for us um, yeah. the first time around. And yeah. so it's it's preventing in the younger people, and which is why I, I love talking to younger people about these things too mm-hmm. because they get a head start. Uh, yes. They don't have to wait to midlife to figure it no, out. No, 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 no. I was sat with a with a couple of, well, they're in their twenties, two two friends um, around a pool in the summer, and she just turned to me and said, "So tell us about love." She said, "You know, they were two two girls mm-hmm. in their twenties. They'd been in and out of relationships. They couldn't find. You know, they were looking for the one, and uh, and it was such an interesting conversation to have. You know, with with wisdom of." 52 years behind me. <laughs> yeah. Well, what what I'm curious what they what what was love to them? Like did they have a you know any idea about what love was or were they just curious mm, well, about really. your perspective? Yes, I think what they for them they were they were trying too hard. They were um trying to be somebody that they weren't. They were, you know, all all of the things that we know as we get older you know, not to be clingy in a relationship, you know, to actually have a sense of who you are, um, that that a relationship isn't about the missing jigsaw puzzle piece. This is this is about two whole people coming together. And I think it was mm-hmm. just giving them that perspective that, you know, you, there is life outside of a couple, outside of a relationship, and be content and happy with who you are. So love yourself first. This is one of the things I was saying to... It's really mm-hmm. important because don't expect somebody else to to do that job for you because it is fundamentally your job. Why should somebody um, fill in that hole, if you like, that's in your life? Yeah, and, it's and unfortunately, I find the media. Important. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and the media doesn't always support that. And it, there was a song even last year, I think, about like you don't love yourself so much and you don't think you're beautiful and you don't think you're amazing i don't remember the song but the whole message was i love you i see your beauty i you know even though you don't like yourself i i can see the beauty in you and it was yeah. like eh, not a good message yeah. no, I know. you know you you yeah. think terribly of yourself and i'll love you yeah. anyway because i'll come yeah. and rescue you on a, on a big mm, white horse nope <laughs> Happening, nope. right? Yes, exactly. Um, those those horse rescuers are usually the narcissists who come oh, turn on you quite, after the uh, after the horse yes. has landed. Yes, but yeah, exactly. It's, it's, yes. um, I think the, so the other message. About, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, the, the, quickly. The other message that I was that I passed on to them as well is just be aware of where you're self sabotaging because that's another huge issue. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, that's a big one. Um, yeah, yeah, and I think that when people are younger, they have they have often have trouble seeing it, and that's why I talk about the dating mistakes that we still are making because um, that's the free report that I offer because it's mm-hmm. so much of it is self sabotage without any awareness, you know, and you yeah. don't realize um, that you're saying or doing something that can be so off putting without even yeah. meaning to, and exactly. um, you know, so. So just having that awareness and being, mm-hmm. um, you know, informed and and having all that self love, it just it changes yeah. every relationship. It it's does. not just the romantic ones. No. It, it, so let's, and it's let's interesting. Talk. Go on. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. 
No, no, finish, and then I want to talk about thriving after divorce. We just have such a short time. I try to like yes, get as much in yes, here yes. as possible. I was um, just going to so say yeah. that with the self-sabotage, it's um, something, one of the things I'm doing at the moment is helping people write, in midlife, is helping people write their dating profiles um, and coaching mm. them through that. And I find time mm. and again it's the self-sabotage that they don't even know they've written into their profile. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's you know, is exactly what you've just said. So, so yeah, yeah thriving after divorce. really true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that, that's a yeah. really important place that you're helping people, and I do the same. Yeah. And I see when yeah. I when I review profiles, oh my God, mm-hmm. like yep. all the anger comes out, yep. all of yep. the I don't want this, I don't, you know. Okay, so thriving after divorce, what what does yeah. that mean to you? Let's first define oh, thriving yes. after divorce. I think having been in the opposite of that, going through mm-hmm. painful experiences of divorce, and having suffered depression in the past as well. I knew that, you know, I wanted to feel so different, and that's what I kept my sights on. I think, for me, it was about feeling alive again, to, you know, have a renewed vigor, if you like, for living. I wanted to be able to say, and this is something I say a lot, you know, if not now, when? You know, Mm -hmm. that was kind of my mantra, if you like, or that was to become my mantra. And I wanted to feel excited about the second half of my life and getting that mojo back, you know, Um, And I think as well it meant things like being able to stand on my own two feet, to believe and to trust in myself um, and in in my abilities as well to to support my family. Um, And I like to think of it as, you know, watering the plants. It's about nourishing ourselves, you know, on body, mind and soul, if you like. Um, And that, that was really important for me. And it's about seeing possibility for the second half of life. Um learning to risk more, to step out of our comfort zone, which was quite a big thing. Um, Learning to, thriving to me is about letting go of stuff Um, Mm -hmm. and prioritizing my self-care, which was the whole best knickers thing. Um, Mm -hmm. Learning, it's about respecting ourselves. And I think fundamentally the bottom line for me about thriving was how to become authentically me. And I think that, to me, that sums up the whole of what thriving um, meant for me, certainly. Hmm. All good stuff. Um, Yeah. So a lot of people don't know even how to start with finding their authentic self. What would you say are some of those, the keys to defining authentic me? I think, you know, this goes back to um, learning to love yourself again because you know we come into this world as tiny babies and we're full of love and over time we learn to unlove ourselves and it's it's actually doing the little things to connect with ourselves once more and and i think that on a very fundamental level starts with self-care knowing how to look after ourselves and i've worked with clients who have they 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 don't even register on on their kind of daily list of things that that need to get done, and I think, you know, to to say to somebody, well, you know, who are you authentically? As you say, they have no idea. So we've got to mm-hmm. peel back all the layers to get back to what is absolutely basic. And for me, looking after ourselves is fundamental to that. And this isn't about being selfish. 
this is, you know, it's how, how can we be of service to others? And I mean that in a broad sense, as well as our families, if we're not looking after ourselves. Um, and mm-hmm. it's, it's something that I program in every day. And for me, if, if, if you can show somebody how to do that, your little practices each day, it might even be sitting down with a cup of tea rather than loading the dishwasher while you're drinking your cup of tea. Do you see what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's actually taking the time to, it's about valuing yourself. And I think once we begin to value ourselves, we respect ourselves, and then we can start becoming who we are. Um, and I'd also say read read lots of books. Read lots of books about um, valuing yourself and you know, choose from the huge selection of self-help books out there. I'm just scanning my bookshelf now for one particular one that I can't find it that to me was was um oh simple abundance there it is a wonderful book called simple abundance um and i love that book because it's a daily 365 days of just a short passage to read and it felt wonderful doing that for me and Mm. i think then we learn step by step because for some people this is a huge huge thing to have to do um Mm -hmm. but it is where it begins it's so true when you bring up so many good points and i think that that was a huge part of my learning because i grew up with a lot of martyrdom and and you know you give to others and yeah right um and it's that self-sacrifice that led to depletion which led to anger and resentment which I was aware of not repeating, but I found myself still repeating because patterns yeah. are hard to break. Yeah, and um, and now I used to I used to entertain a lot. I stopped doing it as much. I only do it when I really want to. Um, yeah. I really value the connections I have with my friendships, my friends. You know, to nourish those and put the time into that rather than mm-hmm. you know constantly working. You know, when you work for yourself, it's really hard yeah. to manage your self-care sometimes because yes. you could be on the computer at 12 o'clock at night and 6 o'clock mm-hmm. in the morning and you know and how you communicate with clients and, and teach them to honor and respect themselves and in fact I had a client once who started missing she missed a, a session and mm-hmm. my policy is that I charge for missed sessions without yes. an emergency or you know advance notice and she got really upset with me. She knew my policy, but she got upset with me, and she said, um, I think you're an amazing coach, and I'm going to have to leave you because I don't agree with your practice, and I would never do that with my clients. And I said to her, if you don't take away anything else from me and our work together, I would hope that you would just take away this one lesson of self-care and self-respect because I wish that you would model that for your clients because that would show your clients that you care and love love yourself first. And that's that was the message, you know, the fact that she left was, you know, was the right thing for her to do. Um I hope she took away, you know, yeah. that small lesson because we have to honor and respect ourselves. We have to honor our boundaries. We have to really take care of ourselves first and other people care about us more when we do. Yes. Because we're showing we're, we're showing and teaching respect. Yes. Yes, that's and modeling respect is that's the best way to teach yeah. people to yeah. respect you and to respect themselves. 
Um, so let's go through the five keys. You probably yeah. have covered most of them already, but um, let's let's talk about them in, in depth a little bit. Okay. Let, let me tell you the five of them first, and then we can go into because they all feed off each other in a way. They're not easy. This isn't a magic bullet. This is hard work, and I've I've been through it, so I know. So the five key steps, if you like, are acceptance, courage, clarity, non-judgment, and self-responsibility. So. You know, if we, if we look at those, I mean, I put the first one there as acceptance. And this isn't about being passive and rolling over and being a victim. This is nothing like that at all. This is actually learning to accept is empowering because it gives us freedom to choose. So, you know, so many clients and, and you, you know, you read it that people just don't accept the situation that they're in. And I think the sooner that you can do that, the more able you are going to be to make positive changes in your life. And really, mm-hmm. acceptance is about no longer being held back by the past. You know, it's about letting go of anger, regret, resentment, sadness, all of those issues that we all feel when we're going through divorce. Even, you know, even if, if we've brought divorce on, which is what I did, you know, I was the one that, that um, started the divorce process. But mm-hmm. it's actually accepting this is, this is fact, this is life, this is where we are right now. And no wishing for things to be different will change that. And I think the longer that you wish, the longer you're going to be in this um, impasse, if you like, this, this, this um, state of, of not moving forward in your life. And I think it's really important to be able to accept courage, yeah. is obviously a big one and you know it it's it's what guided me through divorce and i think we've we show courage all the time in our lives you know especially if we've got children we've you know we know that we would do anything to actually um protect them and that shows you know fa- incredible courage and i think it's about then turning this courage guiding it towards ourselves um, and making sure that we use it for our own needs. Um, and that's learning to stand on our own two feet, to know that we can do it, to begin to believe in ourselves. You know, going back to the self-care thing and the authenticity, that can take huge courage. I had a, a client call the other day who even picking up the phone to say, I need some help here, was a huge act mm. of courage for her. Yeah. Um and, and it's not to be underestimated. Courage can be, I remember I, I wrote a blog about this. In fact, it's on HuffPost, I think, about, you know, courage can be saying, I need help. Courage can be starting again the next day. It's not about, mm-hmm. you know, being a, a soldier ready for battle, although sometimes that might be required. But it's it's the doing the little things that can take huge courage. And it's mm-hmm. appreciating that. Clarity is a big thing. It's about getting a clear picture of how we want our lives to be once we've gone through divorce, or even envisaging how we want the divorce process itself to be. It might not turn out like that, but if we can have clarity and create a picture for this, you know, then I think that that's a huge, it's, it's moving forward, which is, you know, we both know that's what the essence of coaching is, is guiding people to move forward in their lives. And it's looking mm-hmm. at, you know, what do you want? What do you want for your life? What's, what's it look like? 
Um, and that often means that we need to look at what we don't want. Um, because sometimes it's a huge question to say, what do you want? People say, I don't know. <laughs> but actually, they're very, they can be very clear. They can have absolute clarity on what they don't want. And that's a good place to start, as long as we can then turn the negative into a much more positive process, if you like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, you know, that can mean courage doing that. So you can see how they begin mm-hmm. to feed into each other. Non-judgment is a big, big one. It's about, you know, we do judge. We're human. It's part of the human condition, I believe. However, if we can learn not to judge ourselves, so we're going to have bad days as well as good days, and that's just life. That's the way it is. If we can learn, and this is a really hard one, if we can learn not to judge others, and I think particularly that's hard when we're going through divorce because the person that we were married to is not the person we're divorcing. They're very different. We've changed. They've changed. That's why we're getting divorced. But if Mm -hmm. we can help understand that people behave badly out of fear normally, people bully, they get angry, and this is us as well, because something inside them is really afraid. And if we can have compassion, then I think that goes a really long way to helping us become more understanding and better. And I think non-judgment is a, is a, you know, for life generally is a great thing. Just, just to be more curious about why people behave in the way they do, I think yeah. is a, you know, is a really good thing. And then the last one is about self, self-responsibility. Nobody is responsible for your life but you. It's nobody else's job. A bit like the loving, it's you are responsible for your life. You know. Um, so quit blaming others and, and get on with creating your own life. And that's the essence, if you like, of, of that one. Um, I'm aware of the time. Um, yeah, and I, <laughs> it goes and I really think, fast. Yeah, and I think that those, for me, are the five keys to actually moving through divorce and coming out the other side um, in a really good place. Oh, I agree. I think these are excellent keys. So I just want to review them. Um, acceptance, yep. courage, clarity, non-judgment, and self-responsibility. Yep. And I think that you know when you reach that level of self-actualization, of, of really accepting yourself and having self-compassion and compassion for others, so much opens up. And, and that's the kind of person who does find love again because... Yep. If you're constantly guarded, constantly expecting the worst from, you know, mm-hmm. from a partner, you're going to get exactly what you expect. Yeah. And oh, yes. you know, and you can really change your life when you work on yourself first. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. these are fabulous tips. I really yeah. appreciate you coming on today. I'm the show just went too fast. Um yeah. <laughs> I used to do an hour and now I'm like squishing in a half hour. It feels like like speed talking but um thank you thank you thank you and um tell people where they can find you rebecca they can find me on i've got two websites one of them is rebperkins.com so that's r-e-b-perkins.com which is my midlife uh, coaching website and then my other website which is where i help people with dating profiles coaching and, and writing is called irresistible dating 
www.co.uk. So it's not a .com, it's a .co.uk for that one. Mm. Um, and they can find me on Twitter at Reb Perkins One um, or Facebook at um, Best Knickers Always. So I'd love people to come and drop by and say hello and to start a conversation. That would be great. Awesome. Well, you have so much wisdom to share. I hope people stop by at, at all your locations on social yeah. media and yeah. purchase your book. And um, I you. want to thank you again for coming on today. Um, and thank you all for listening today. And I hope you go on your last first date very soon. Have a great day. Bye-bye.